0: Hey! Hi,
1: Hi, this is Dr. Christine and
0: Dr. Colin
1: and we are your co-hosts for the exciting new podcast called Love Love, Scrubs,
0: Scrubs and Stories
1: where we dive deep into the world of dating and relationships and go beyond the people wearing the white coats, the scrubs and the stethoscopes.
0: Come join us on this journey where we engage in dialogue and share stories of love, heartbreak, resilience and triumphs and we also navigate our professional lives with our hearts on our sleeves.
1: Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification button to stay up to date on all future episodes. And And we we look look forward forward to seeing seeing you inside. inside. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Love Scrubs and Stories podcast, where we dive into all things dating relationships and go into stories of love, heartbreak, (laughs) triumph, resilience. And everything else in between, from the lens of healthcare professionals, whether you're single or in a committed relationship or somewhere in between, this podcast is for you. I am your co-host, Dr. Christine Nguyen.
0: Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Colin Zhu, your other co-hosts, and uh, thank you so much for spending just a little bit of time, you know, to uh, hear us, you know, hear us docs just talk about non-medical stuff, right? So, and we're really, really glad. if For those of you who are tuning in, brand new. Thank you for joining our community, and uh, we have a lovely, lovely session for you today. So, Christine, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I am doing fantastic. How about yourself? Excellent.
0: <laughs> Uh, we have a guest today. And um, before we introduce her on, um, I figure that, you know, we can just kind of uh, talk a little bit. And, uh, you know, this revolves around, you know, I guess my first question to you, Christine, is, you know, have you ever been in a relationship? where it's not really a good fit. And it kind of, you know, you you know, you need to end it, but you're in this situation where like, oh, it's struggling, it's dragging, it's pulling at you, you feel, you know, just energetically, emotionally drained. You know, what is uh do you have an anecdote like that? All right? Do you have a, an experience like that? And what have you learned that, you know, can you prevent that from the next time? Right? Can you break that cycle of you know, not having a good match, you know, what did you learn?
1: Oh my goodness, you're describing like most of my relationships. <laughs> oh goodness. And well, so
0: I mean, like I wish we had a relationship and dating podcast to discuss it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, this is perfect, right? So yeah, I I I I do have a problem and that I, um so when i get into relationships i i put my heart my soul into it and um even after a while when you know it becomes very clear that we are not a great match for one another but i find it very very difficult for myself to end the relationships and perhaps it's the emotions you know it's the aside from just not you know recognizing that we're not a good match from each other but at, you know at the, at the heart of it you know we have connected in some way you know perhaps not in a romantic level, or maybe we did initially, but, you know, we didn't sustain. And so um, this is something, definitely a work in progress for me. So I end up being the dumpy, jumpy <laughs> so instead of the dumper, right? We want to use those words. So I have not mastered that skill. Um, yeah.
0: Is it a situation where you know ahead of time before that other person or the other person, or you feel like you already know But you kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, drag your feet and you just wait until, you know, you don't feel as bad, right? You just said, you know, you don't, you know, feel guilty or, you know, do you wait for them to dump, you know, dump.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's probably both. Uh, I think in certain situations, I think both parties recognize that, you know, perhaps we're not the right fit for each other. We're both wonderful people, right? (laughs) But just not quite the right fit for each other. And then I think in er other instances, you know, I know like well in advance, but perhaps is it maybe it's the comfort of being in a relationship that I really enjoy. And, you know, because there's also the friendship part of it as well, you know, and I can see how easily some of these relationships can You drag on for quite a lengthy period, way beyond, you know, the expiration period of a relationship. And so um, what has been your experience? Have you found yourself in these situations and how have you been able to um, move past this?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately, I have a lot of dating and relationship experience. (laughs) Um, You know, it's I guess it's relative, right? (laughs) Whether you like, you know, learn anything from them. But I have been in those situations where you're in a relationship and it it does take some time. Right. You're you're in it. Everything is going good. You're past the typical honeymoon phase, six months or so. And you find that, you know, it's no longer working and it's dragging you. But, you know, in this mental uh, crossroads, you say to yourself, "Okay, do I keep going with this, hoping that this person will change or should I let them down gently or just give it a little bit more time? for something to happen, right? Hoping that mm-hmm. something will change. Uh, I feel like most of our audience listeners would relate on some point, And it's it's a challenging crossroads to, you know, the fork in the road to really approach and say to yourself, you know, what do you do in this situation? You know, do I let it continue? Do I continue to put more work in? Um, but that also takes time, right? That also takes, you know, emotional uh, resources, right? Um, or do you, you know, try to hope to change this person or fix this person, you know, which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure someone can, you know, um, have related before. So I've well, been then in, you're
1: fixing yourself, right? Let's fix the huh? other person, or <laughs> fix the other person rather than fix yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, you know what? You don't
0: try. Well, I don't, mm-hmm. for me, I, I, I don't like to use, to think of it like that because they're not. Broken, right? Exactly. Like my my uh, present day self, you know, um, is self aware enough to say, like, you know, no one is technically broken. It's really about you know missing the emotional tools and strategies, right? So I don't I don't like to use words like that. It's more of uh, how much more time do I need to invest in this, right? How much more of myself, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's I, I've been in both sides of the the coin, so.
1: And then also just, just recognizing, have you like done the work in the relationship, uh, and invested enough time, right? How do you recognize at what point where, um, should I invest in more time? And, you know, and to to see if we can see this through because, you know, all relationships have their ups and downs. And, um, and it's something that we all know. But at what point do you, you know, realize that this is no longer you know, gonna work like I don't see a future. I don't, yeah. of, You know, with yeah, with this person. So you know
0: what? I'm a, I'm more of a late bloomer. You know, I have dated and had more relationships more so like during medical school and onward. So I'm more of a late bloomer. So I would say, in terms of with re- re- repeated experiences, I think the the signs for myself become more present as I have more you know relationship. Um, experiences. So it's hard to say, you know, for other people, but, you know, for me, I think the signs, the non negotiables, the red flags, all these different things just kind of become more present as I gain more experience. But I'm more of a mm-hmm. late bloomer. So I'm sure, you know, other people might have other tools, but um, I don't want to keep going further because I want to bring on this, you know, yes, awesome I guest can. That we have here, yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, with that in mind, we have a wonderful, wonderful uh, guest. Her name is Dr. Stephanie Huff. She is a full-time emergency medicine physician with a subspecialty in addiction medicine and obesity medicine. Uh, currently in Denver, Colorado uh, with her two lovely kids. Um, when she's not working in an ER, she is building her side hustles. I love her already. Um, as a divorce Amazing. coach and the other as an inventor of a household product called the uh, Icky Sicky Box. Oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) I got to hear about this some more. (laughs) In in her spare time, she also enjoys walking her dog to the local coffee shop, hiking or skiing in the mountains, reading and hanging out with her family and friends. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. Stephanie. Hello.
2: Hello. Hi Hi there, Stephanie. How are you doing today? Great. Great. Thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, so thanks for, for taking on. the time to join us on the Love Scrubs and Stories podcast. We've been so excited to to, to bring you on and, and you hear your story and all the amazing work that you're doing.
2: Well, thanks. I really appreciate it. I think this is a fun podcast to have and I'm sure there are plenty of good stories out there to share. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's awesome. Before we dive deeper into your story, uh, Stephanie, uh, we we like to start off with uh, everyone's version of a medical pickup line. So (laughs) you're an ER doc, right? So we're in the doctor's lounge, right? You love coffee. Right? I don't know if you would bring your dog to the coffee to <laughs> the yeah. doctor's lounge of the ER, but you never know so and right. I'm standing on the counter and uh, you know you're, you're like, hmm,
1: there's a, there's a
0: cute guy over there you know let me go see <laughs> He looks like he's a new guy, new guy on the shift right?'ve i never seen him before, right and you don't have anyone in your waiting <laughs> room right now. so what is your? medical pickup line
1: (laughs) yeah you got you got some time how how do we make how do we put the moves on on this 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 newbie
2: (laughs) this new doctor i usually try to avoid um in work relationships especially in the er when you're like the last thing you want to hear is like do you come here often from an er patient (laughs) but (laughs) what i can remember is as a med student which was eons ago was The guys seemed to very much take interest when we started learning about Kluver-Busey syndrome. (laughs) So maybe you don't remember that syndrome in particular, but it was the syndrome of hyper oral hypersexuality. And so I would (laughs) probably say something along the lines of, hi, I'm Dr. Kluver-Busey. How are you? (laughs) That's right. my idea.
1: I would never actually use that, but that would be a fun one. That that is
2: bold. Yes. Yeah. If like it's that. a rare
0: syndrome, I mean, like they wouldn't even know it anyway, right? So right.
2: Yeah. If they know what it is, then you know he's got a connection
0: there. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So wonderful. I mean, I you're so talented like just you know mm-hmm. hearing your bio and just learning more about you but let's kind of um dive into why you're here right. today on this podcast you know you have this such a unique story to, to share your prior relationship you went you went the distance you it you know led to marriage which unfortunately did not work out mm-hmm. um and you know you've been divorced and you have um, two beautiful children um can you you know kind of take us through um your story and kind of share that experience and lessons that you've learned and kind of where you're at today.
2: Sure, of course. Yes, I um, I met my now ex-husband when I moved to Denver, right after I moved here. And we got married, um, you know, after two years of being together and had my daughter soon after, a year later. And um, I will say things were pretty rocky from the beginning. It was probably on my end more of a I'm getting older and I just want to be married kind of a thing because I was in my 30s. And you know, looking back hindsight's 2020, that probably wasn't the smartest decision to make, but it is what it is. And I now have two beautiful children from that. I ended up divorcing, um, my now ex-husband, when my children were three and one. So they were very little. And um, that was a very difficult decision to make, but, it was the right decision for me at the time. And it was quite um, a struggle being a full-time emergency medicine doctor, having two little children that at the time, you know, they were so little, they weren't with their dad 50-50 yet um, because they were so little. So I had to have night nannies, daycare, um, all sorts of help and support, while I was still being a full-time ER doctor. And that really started to take its toll on me professionally and personally, trying to manage all of that. And so a couple years after my divorce, and it was also at the time that I was uh, studying for my second uh, board exam, and um, I started to become very burnt out with emergency medicine. And um, it got Pretty dark there for a while, you know, trying to um, work through all of that, and then what really started to save me honestly was was coaching, but also learning that i wasn't trapped in emergency medicine and that's where you'll find i transition to finding all of these other things to do within medicine addiction medicine obesity medicine and then life coaching because i think so often in medicine we go through residency we become you know certified in our specialty and we feel like that's where we have to stay and you can start feeling very trapped so not only was I feeling trapped in my marriage? Then I was feeling trapped in emergency medicine and it all started to pile up on itself. And once I could find out that I wasn't trapped in my marriage, I could get out of it by divorce and that was okay and let go of the shame around that. And then once I realized I wasn't trapped in emergency medicine, that there are plenty of options to me as an emergency medicine physician and just as a physician in general, then everything started to open the doors and that's when I kind of got out of the burnout of, of emergency medicine. I love it now. I mean, it's been, you know, that's so wonderful. Years, you're yeah. still, so, you're still
0: in ER. You're still in the... I am still
2: full-time emergency medicine. Oh. And um, for a while there, I, you know, I contemplated quitting. Um, I tried to go part-time for a bit and It took working on myself to realize that the positives of emergency medicine were definitely more than the negatives, but I was so focused on the negatives that I couldn't see a way out.
0: Hey guys, we'll be right back. And now a word from our sponsors.
1: The Love, Girls and Stories podcast is a collaboration and co-production between The Chef Doc and White Coat Romance.
0: The Chef Doc is a wellness platform that offers innovative approaches to thriving and offers a self-empowerment book, podcast series, on-demand masterclass series, as well as a brand new app. The app provides self-guided education such as... Food as medicine, self-care, and resilience. Coaching services are also available whether you prefer one-on-one or group type settings. Please go now to your App Store as well as Apple as Google Play to download for free.
1: White Coat Romance is a dating app for healthcare and health-related professionals and students in the US and Canada. It's a lively space where you can find love, companionship, and build meaningful connections with like-minded professionals. If you're single, go to the App Store and Google Play to download... And join our vibrant community.
0: As we both serve these amazing communities, we also acknowledge the value of continuing education. Therefore, we're super excited to share an enticing opportunity with our listeners. Our episodes are continuing education eligible. That's right. You now have the opportunity to earn valuable credits while enjoying our content.
1: Rest assured, the episodes will always remain free as we are committed to supporting our communities and amplifying the voices of healthcare professionals. To get a better understanding of how this works, the first three episodes are free to obtain, then the rest of the podcast episodes are at a nominal cost.
0: So you might be asking who can earn credits? Well, physicians, nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians' associates, pharmacists, dentists, as well as dietitians and dietetic technicians.
1: If you find yourself in need of CE credits, we kindly ask you to consider directing your CE funds towards supporting our cause. Your contribution would greatly help us nurture our podcast production and continue to bring you valuable content.
0: We are deeply grateful for your support. From all of us here at Love Scrubs and Stories Podcast, thank you so much for choosing us.
1: And enjoy the rest of this episode.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening. And now back to the episode.
2: And so that's where the coaching came into. The coaching came in to help me rekindle my love of emergency medicine, along with, you know, the openness to being in other relationships and and moving on from my marriage. And then it also helped me with my relationship with my co-parent, my my Mm ex-husband. Yeah, you've been through so much,
1: Stephanie. Thank Mm you. For sharing all that, you are so resilient. So, if I may dial it back a little mm-hmm. bit, um, at what point did you know that this relationship wasn't working for you, and how did you handle it? And you know, Colin and I, you know, haven't you know been through that experience, um, and so I think there's a lot, you know, for for us as well as our audience. To, to learn from you on sort of like, how did you approach it? And how did you and, and just general recommendations on how to go about should, you know, someone, you know, go through this experience
2: of needing to move on? Sure. My older sister, she always had some great pieces of advice for me. And the one thing that she used to always tell me was if it's a maybe it's a no. And so I kind of wish I had listened to her a little bit more. <laughs> Because probably going into my marriage, it was a bit more of a maybe, and so it probably should have been a no, but again, that's in hindsight. But maybe,
0: uh, um, maybe in terms of what, like the person not being a match for you, or what was yeah, the if
2: you're not like a hundred percent on board with this person, you really shouldn't be marrying that mm. person. So if it's a maybe, it's a no. And but a hundred percent, I mean, that's asking mm-hmm. for a lot,
1: right? And well, so we hear, like, out there, people say, you know, depending on, like, say, for example, Indian matchmaking, sixty percent, mm-hmm. you know, is what you're shooting for, <laughs> and the rest of us are like, mm, I don't know about that. I think I want more than that. And you're saying a hundred percent, or maybe you're not. Well, I'm well, What do you think would be, yeah... uh, I'm saying that relationships
2: take work and not convincing. So, if you are trying to convince yourself to be in a relationship, or trying to convince yourself that the relationship is working, yes, relationships take work, and no relationship is perfect. But if you're trying to convince yourself that this person is the one for you, or you're trying to convince the other person that you're the right person for them, then that's where you really need to reconsider that it's not. Um, that it's not working out. And there needs to be an energy match. There needs to be want matches. There needs to be agreements as to how much energy I'm putting in and how much energy the other person's putting in and that it is working to become better and not just trying to convince the other person to be in the relationship or convince yourself to be in the relationship. So I just want people to really take a beat and if you're questioning it, like, take some, some good notes on that. And I'm not saying that it should be a hundred percent, but, um, if it's stronger of the maybe, then it should just be a no. And that's okay. Nothing's gone wrong. It's okay for it to be a no. <laughs> You so know? a lot of us, um,
0: yes. a lot of us, um, you know, in the healthcare professional world, you know, we've taken mm-hmm. a significant amount of time, uh, mm-hmm. as you already know, you know, in our 20s, you know, to pursue higher education, grad school, all these degrees, and then residency and then subspecialties and all that, right? Mm-hmm. When a lot of our non-medical colleagues have spent this time socializing, gone through at least a couple of careers, gotten married or not married, at least gone through, a you know, some relationship right? At -hmm. least more self-development. So I remember what you said in the beginning where, you know, from the beginning it was rocky, right? But there was something else before that where you said you got into it in your Mm thirties and you, you know, you were thinking, you know, you just wanted this feeling of just wanting to be in the relationship, wanting to get, you know, married. So how much of it do you feel like, um, was, I guess, the idea of either, possibly being attached to the notion of like, oh, you know, uh, arriving to this phase of my life, you know, and how much of that versus, you know, this person wasn't the right right fit for me.
2: I think a lot of it was, I'm at the age where I should be getting married and having kids, and I'm at a stage in my life where I should. And that societal pressure to yeah. be married, and you're a woman, and I'm sorry, you know, your clock is ticking. You know, and again, and you're a professional like, woman, not just yeah. That. You're and again. This, this was not in the recent past. This was like 15 years ago. So this was um, before I think a lot of the conversation about being a single mom of ch- by choice. You know, was. That wasn't quite the same um, accepted, you know, possibility um, back then. While I did consider it, you know, you meet somebody and you're like, I'll make this work. You know, there's enough good here where I can, I, I can fix him, I can be the person for him. And then you don't realize, guess what? Like you said, Christine, you can't fix somebody else. There is no fixing. So you do have to fix yourself. And I was not in that self-aware space that I am now. So, you know, again, if I could go back 15 years and have a lot more self-awareness around what I wanted and how I truly wanted to live my life for myself, um, things might have been different. But I do think there was a lot of societal pressure, given my age and um, absolutely and yeah, think, for sure. So now, I don't you can really decide if that's what you want or not. But there is still that pressure there, too.
1: Yeah. And and then also, I was just thinking about what you're saying Um especially being, you know, a physician, and I fall into this trap of, you know, whether you call it the doctor syndrome or not, where you think that you can, quote, unquote, save somebody or Mm -hmm. help somebody, you know, definitely. Yeah. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an, it definitely doesn't benefit you or the other person.
2: Yeah, no, totally right. And um, mm-hmm.
1: so we see a lot of these relationships, and unfortunately, you know, the reality is that what on average the divorce rate is what fifty percent on average, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the country, and is is it higher among healthcare physicians
2: and high level healthcare professionals? Do you know? I don't know off mm-hmm. you know the numbers off the top of my head, but I will say that going through med school and residency and work afterwards, I saw a lot of my females. Colleagues going through divorce. uh, And that kind of prepared me going into marriage. So I did get a prenup for my marriage because seeing these high achieving women um, going through divorce and having to pay a lot of money because they were high earners, they were the breadwinners. So that did give me a different approach to my marriage that I might not have had otherwise. Um, So yeah, I had a prenup going into my marriage.
0: Mm. Can you, uh, Go through. So I've that that was a new question that I just got generating <laughs> my head. So if <laughs> so I gave many you a questions
2: del- like so, if many I gave you a, so we can dive into. No, it's, Bring it on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, if
0: you had a, if I give you a Delorean, right, to go back in time to yeah. you know before the divorce happened, mm-hmm. and you were right around that time of meeting this person, but still feeling you know a little bit rocky, right? So you're in that point. Knowing what you know now, would you have a you know you know, taking them to DeLorean, tell your younger version not to do it or be, you know, work at it but you know seek out these resources for your self-awareness because you know there's a couple of things that we're talking about here the the actual match right actually match Mm -hmm. with the right person and then two we've talked about you know the coaching aspect or the self-coaching in this regard you know of gaining that awareness you have mentioned that a couple of times Mm -hmm. so would you have taken the delorean say to yourself don't do this don't proceed with this or you know, be given her, given her your young younger version, those tools to say like, Hey, it's going to be rocky, but I think with these tools and strategies and what I've accumulated, you'll be all right.
2: Right. Well, I think that's a little hard to say because of my two children. I, you know, I would never do anything to change that I have, have my, my two amazing kids. What I would probably do is I my my ex-husband still has amazing qualities about him. I totally know why we connected, why we matched. And, you know, there was the possibility that there could have been a longer lasting marriage. Maybe, maybe not. Um, But, you know, we're both in better places now, um, even though we went through some really, really rough years and still continue to have our challenges. But if I could go back and give myself one piece of advice, it really would be to work on, um, letting go of control a little bit more. I think I was really, that was my contribution to the, the challenges of the marriage. And I think it's a, a very common thing for, um, people in relationships to try to, um, control the situation. Um, to make, you know, make things happen the way you want it to. And I've learned a lot um, over the years of how there were ways that I probably could have been a little bit less mm-hmm. controlling and maybe it would have made things a little bit um, easier on both of us. Would we have stayed together? Probably not, but I think it would have made everything a little less high conflict and less conflictual. I think that was my contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, to the difficulties in the marriage was, was trying to control everything just a little bit too much. And um, interestingly enough, a few years ago, like right before COVID my ex sister-in-law moved in with me. So this was my ex husband's, (laughs) Uh my ex husband's twin brothers, ex wife, Okay. yeah did you follow that (laughs) i'm trying to follow that (laughs) (laughs) my ex-husband has a twin brother and he was married and then they got divorced after we got divorced so my ex-husband's twin brother's ex-wife so my ex-sister-in-law she moved in with me um, with her two kids. And um, initially we thought it was just going to be like a month or two. It ended up being two and a half years. of Wow. Um, <laughs> of wow. That year is so kind. Very similar. <laughs> yeah.
0: Very similar bode. Yeah. Uh,
2: and um, it was during COVID as well. So. Yeah. That would do it. That, will do it. Of, that will do it. For Juggling kids. a lot. Yeah. That's right. But, uh, but I like mm-hmm. to say that was like my healthiest relationship was learning how to live with somebody in my home. And she, she definitely taught me how to let go of control of things, Mm -hmm. um, and to not everything's going to be perfect all the time. So, um, we managed to make it through two and a half years of living together and we're still good friends. And, um, but that was where I really learned, um, you know, for myself to have more self-awareness around how I'm interacting with somebody else in my own home.
1: Yeah, that's so wonderful, Stephanie, that you've done all this introspection and just recognize, Mm -hmm. you know, your part in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think it helps, you know, you know, as we move on to our future relationships. So my question for you now is, Mm -hmm. you know, where are you at today? What has your experience been post-divorce, you know, Mm -hmm. with dating and relationships, especially because you have your two beautiful children. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know cuz you've been married for you know length of time and here you are you know um yeah please share
2: with us your experience yeah post divorce well, i've been divorced now about 9 years so i've had my time out <laughs> i've been divorced longer than i was married but um what kind of my journey with dating after divorce was when i first started getting back into dating i would say it was for spite <laughs> which isn't the best reason to get on the dating app. So I saw my ex and his new girlfriend at the pool with my kids and I it, it upset me. And so I decided to start dating. So I got on all the apps and started dating and I met a very nice man um, and we dated for a couple of months. And then I just realized I'm like, I am not ready for this. I have too much going on. I have two young kids. And so I I stopped dating and um, and went off the apps for a couple of years, maybe went back on once more. But um, for the most part, um, I've come to realize, you know, that dating really does take work and energy and is a time commitment to, you know, really give yourself to somebody else and to allow them to get to know you and you have to get to know them. And so most of the dating that I've been doing has just been organic, um, meeting people or people from my past, um, like an old boyfriend from, from, uh, medical school and, uh, just reconnecting with,
1: yeah. Right. Cause now we're in different places in life and perhaps, you know, it, you know things that may have not worked out in the past doesn't mean that it can not has potential yeah. to work. You know when yeah, we're at yeah. a different place in life. I
2: mean, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so for me, it just dating should be fun and interesting, and and it is when when I have it come up. You know, but it's not something that I actively pursue because most of my attention is given to my kids. My work, my businesses, and it just wouldn't be fair. I don't think for me to try to have a relationship with someone else when I'm already kind of spread across so much else. I'm not opposed to it. You know, I'm, I'm just not actively seeking it out myself. Now, I always reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> Next week I might be on a dating app. I always reserve the right to change my mind, but as of right now.
1: <laughs> or or by the time this
2: episode airs, you know, and, uh, yeah, you know. So, you never know.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, but I I
2: think, you know, dating after divorce you really have to make sure that you're in the right headspace, that you're doing it for the right reasons for yourself, and that you do have the time and the energy uh, to put into it. And that doesn't mean that you have to go into it finding a serious relationship. You can also go just to find you know, a friend. It's, it's always nice to have friends of the opposite sex that you can hang out with and um And I, you know, I'm always open for that, too. I don't think it has to be, you know, um, a true relationship or, or just friendship. It can be what you want it to be.
0: My uh thank you for sharing that. Um mm-hmm. my question to you and looking at time and being cognizant and uh you know valuing your time. Um mm-hmm. with you and you know in this phase you're coaching, you're specifically mm-hmm. divorce coaching. Mm-hmm. And so people that are listening um in a similar boat or you know uh transitioning through a challenging time like divorce. Um, what are the I guess the, the biggest hurdles that people face mentally and emotionally that for you, that you've come in on the, out of the other side that you could give to them, whether it's like in the form of a reassurance or, you know, something like, what would you say to people like transitioning through that time that you were nine, eight to nine years ago that you can impart for them?
2: Well, the name of my business is figure life out. And the reason the name of my business is figure life out is because my mantra is I'll figure it out. And that's what I want people to really understand is that no matter what happens in your life, have the confidence in yourself that you'll be able to figure it out and get through it. And that's really the main thing. So if you're in a relationship that's challenging, I'll figure it out. If you're not sure if you want to get, into dating or not, that's okay. I'll figure it out. And so that's, that's the phrase that I go to. uh, That's my, that's my mantra is if I don't know what to do, I'll figure it out. And whatever I decide will be just fine, you know? So um, just have the confidence in yourself that you'll know what's right for you and whatever life hands you, you'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> that is amazing. I love that mantra. It's been so wonderful chatting with you. Unfortunately, yeah, we should wrap up this episode. So yeah. we thought that it'd be fun to get to know you a little bit better. Would you be up for yeah. doing a rapid fire round of questions? with yes, us? You, yeah. Okay. So um, Colin and I are going to just go at it and we're going to alternate and You know, ask you these 10 questions and don't think about it, just whatever comes to mind. This is going to be fun. Are you ready, Stephanie? All right. Okay. Comedy or drama?
2: Comedy.
0: Most embarrassing dating moment either food stuck in your teeth or a wardrobe malfunction.
2: (laughs) Oh. Wardrobe malfunction. I mean, like, <laughs> I, have to, I mean, I have plenty, but are you
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I would say wardrobe malfunction. Okay. Android or iOS? IOS. Which team? Yes, team iOS, right here. Yes. <laughs>
0: uh your preferred romantic gesture, serenading or surprise gifts?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> she's like, how about neither? How about do my laundry? Um, I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very <practical> woman.
2: <laughs> I'm not a big gifts. If you give me a gift, I, I cringe.
1: Oh sorry. Okay, she's gonna go for option C, do her laundry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> love it, love it.
1: Okay. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl.
2: I mean I'm an no, ear. That's doctor. me I'm too, a, um,
1: girl. We are <laughs> we are so similar. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh what is your weirdest first date question you've been asked?
2: Mm, God, <laughs> I don't know. They they usually ask me what's my weirdest ER story, and then I have to go through some gory detail.
1: <laughs>
0: that's how you know, right? Whether they can yeah. take it or not.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good test, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, do you prefer a beach getaway or city exploration?
2: Mountains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> city. I would do city. I'm. I mean, beaches are fine, but. The ocean, I, like my biggest fear is drowning. So I'll take a city, preferably mountains. <laughs> a city
0: and of- and uh, finally, uh, are you more of an active listener or a great uh, conversationalist?
2: Oh, God, I am a conversationalist, but I need to work on my listening. So I try <laughs> to listen. I need to listen more. I That's an Im- important part of it, but I probably talk too much. <laughs>
0: awesome. 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 Well, Stephanie, thank you so, so much for taking out the time. We really appreciate you sharing your story and, you know, the journeys and the transitioning and the light bulb moments that you've gained, the lessons. I think they are very valuable for um, others that are experiencing, you know, something similar. So and uh, for you and your coaching, if people are interested, where can they find you?
2: Sure. Yeah. And thanks again for having me on here. It was really fun. Uh, So my website is www.figurelifeout.com. And uh, I'm on Instagram at figurelifeoutmd. And I do like walk and talks with Dr. Steph. So I do little reels. Also on TikTok and Facebook the same. But Instagram is where you can get the most um, out of there. So.
1: That's wonderful. Awesome. Or, or they
2: could reach out to you and,
1: and see if there's a potential. Of course. For, yeah, a romantic relationship. Never right? so, all never know. You never know.
0: And we're going to see you on Shark Tank real soon. So.
1: That's right. Yes. 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 Market. <laughs> so, oh, so glad. So well, much.
0: thank you so much for coming in. Um, on behalf of my, you know, co-host, Christine, thank you so much for watching this episode. If you like this, please like uh, comment and subscribe and if you feel like if this is a benefit for someone else please let them know and until then please say goodbye to dr stephanie All
2: right. thanks Bye. for calling take
0: care hey guys thank you so much for watching and listening to this channel if you enjoyed this please like comment and subscribe and if you felt like this was a benefit for someone else please let them know as well.
1: As a reminder, this channel does not offer medical advice. All opinions expressed are ours and our guests only. It is for general informational purposes only and does not replace professional healthcare services. Please consult your own healthcare provider for any medical issues you may have.
0: Until the next episode, whether you're in and out of your scrubs,
1: please remember to love yourself and others and leave with kindness.
0: Bye. Bye.